Alrighty, so my name is Rachel McIntosh, in case you guys haven't had, in case I haven't had the opportunity to meet any of you. Um, I'm a student ministry intern here, um, and I just want to kick us off with a little icebreaker game um, called Tutors in a, in a Lie, if you guys have heard of that. <laughs> so what we're going to do is we're going to do it with like three kinds of food, and you guys have to determine what kind of food I don't like. So um, what I'm going to do is I'm going to list off the three kinds of food twice. The first time, you guys aren't going to vote on the one that I don't like, okay? You guys are just going to like listen and absorb, just think about that, okay? And the second time I list them off, I want you guys to stand up on the kind of food that you think I don't like, okay? So I'm going to list them off. All right, the first one is spaghetti. The second one is popcorn. And the third one is deviled eggs. Okay, I'm going to list it off again. And you guys can stand on the one you think I don't like. Okay, spaghetti. Okay. Popcorn. And deviled eggs. Wow, looks like the majority of you guys went for deviled eggs. All right, well, guess what? The people who chose the popcorn are correct. <laughs> My own sister got that wrong too, guys. <laughs> um, I am not a big fan of popcorn. Um, it's an unpopular opinion probably, but I'm not a big fan of it. Um, so we're going to just switch gears just a little bit. Um, oh, whoops, I forgot the slide. Okay, here we go. We're going to switch gears a little bit. <laughs> um, so how many of you guys have seen the movie Elf? Yeah, it's a solid movie. Okay, so remember when he's at the table with his family and he has this like big plate of spaghetti and he asks for syrup, okay? And then he just like keeps pouring and pouring the syrup onto the spaghetti and just drowns the spaghetti in syrup. Um, and then the mom sitting at the table is like looking shook. Like she has this disgusted look on her face um, as he's doing this because spaghetti in and of itself is good. It's, it's tasty. Um, <laughs> Um, and so, um, in and of itself, spaghetti is good. And um, the syrup is good, too, just separate, aside from the spaghetti. So anyway, keep that imagery, keep that illustration in your mind. I will come back to it. I know it seems super random. I promise you it will make sense. Um, so before I dive into the message, um, let me just go ahead and pray for us. All right. Dear Heavenly Father, um, I just want to praise you, God, just for this opportunity um, that we have to gather here tonight, Lord. Um, I just pray, God, that um, you would just speak through me, God. Um, make me lesser, make you greater, Lord. Um, would you just please calm 
any nerves, Lord, and just help um, the students to get out of it what you want them to get out of it, Lord. Open the hearts of everyone here, God, to hear what you have to say through me, Lord. Um, and I pray all these things, and it's in your wonderful holy name I pray. Amen. Okay. All right. So, I'm going to start off by telling you guys a little bit about me. So, I grew up in a Christian home, um, which was just a real blessing in my life, honestly. I got saved at a young age when I was around the age of four or five years old. Um... I, the problem though is that as I got older, I just couldn't really remember much of that moment other than the fact that I got cake afterwards. And so that was, that was a plus, but unfortunately that's the only thing I remembered. My memory was a little foggy about everything else. And so anyway, as I got a little older, as I reached like the age of 14, 13 to 14, um, I started to get worried because I saw more and more of the world, saw more of my sinful nature. And I was like, gosh, I don't remember anything about the time when I was three or four, year, or, four or five years old um, and when I got saved. So what I did is I sat down with my mom. Um, I rededicated my life to Christ. I wrote this down. I dated the sheet of paper so that I could always hold on to that and just look back at that sweet moment. Well, then, um, after that, I fell into some sin patterns, some repetitive sin patterns in my life. Um, And it honestly, it was really unhealthy because I started to worry, like, oh my gosh, what if I'm not really saved? Um, Because every time I would apologize, every time I would confess my sins and repent of these sins to God, I would just go back and do the same thing over and over and over again. So it really didn't, I didn't really didn't have a heart change at all in this. Um, And in case any of you guys um, aren't familiar with the word repentance, it's the acknowledgement of sin, confessing the sin, surrendering yourself to God and asking for forgiveness and turning away from the sin area and restoring the wrong done. It it's really sounds complicated, but it's really not. It's just turning away from your sins and confessing it to God, just bringing it before the Lord. And so every time I did that, though, I would just turn back, like I said, and do the same thing. So I got super worried, super concerned with my salvation again, and I would be like, gosh, if I'm repentant, why do I keep doing the same thing over and over again? So anyway... Um, if you guys have been a Christian for a long time, or if you have been radically saved and have been a Christian for a short time, um, it is easy to fall into the trap of legalism at some point in your life. So I'm going to talk a little bit about the cycle of legalism. Um, I chose Psalm 103. Um, because I believe that they are the perfect antidote when you are struggling with this to just like truly see the Lord's love for you and how you do not need to get caught up in this cycle. Also, by the way, um, on your handouts, unfortunately they were printed out the wrong way. And so it has like the correct verse, but it's not 
the correct like printout. Um, you can still take notes if you want, though. So to define legalism, it's basically um, a set of rules for you that you think you have to follow. Um, you think that good, your good works affect your salvation. It's a, an attempt to add to the finished work of Jesus' cross. An example of this um, is the Pharisees and Sadducees in the New Testament. Um, they are very rules-based and just rely so heavily on the law that they just forget about the importance of having a relationship with Jesus Christ. Um, so the core problem with legalism is just feeling like you are not adequate enough or aren't a good Christian, so you feel like you have to do all these things to add on top of your salvation um, in order to somehow earn it back. Um, however, God's love is not conditional in that way. Okay. Okay, so Psalm 103, 8 through 18, it is a psalm of praise, just pure praise from start to finish. It begins and ends with saying, bless the Lord, O my soul. Um, there is no mention in it of any historical context um, in regard to the writing of the psalm. Um, it is just pure praise to Yahweh. Um, and it should be the focus of every believer's life and purpose. Okay, so we're going to dive into the passage. So Psalm 103.8 says, The Lord is merciful and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love. Um, so this verse describes so well just the character of God. Um, I think it kind of speaks for itself, for itself, but also as I dove in a little bit more, um, we kind of get this passage from Exodus 34, 6, when God proclaims his own name. It says, then he passed in front of Moses, calling, calling out, the Lord, the Lord, a compassionate and merciful God, patient, always faithful, and ready to forgive. So this describes the Lord's gracious character. You know, at the time, um, obviously, the Israelites just kept, like, turning away from God, um, but God just kept his covenant with the Israelites. And, um, in fact, he spoke this verse to them right before he renewed his covenant with them. Um, and so God deserves all praise, glory, and adoration. Um, that is our sole purpose as humans here. He created us to praise him, to glorify him. Um, he created this earth as a dwelling place for mankind. And I just find it so amazing that no matter how much we run away from God, he just continues to pursue us with just relentless love. So Psalm 103, 9 through 10 says, He will not always chide, nor will he keep his anger forever. He does not deal with us according to our sins, nor pay us according to our iniquities. So this talks about God's approach to sin. Um, the word chide means to scold or to rebuke. And I had... A J.I. Packer quote up there, because I just finished the book, Knowing God by J.I. Packer, highly recommend. Um, and it says, just as God is good to those who trust him, so is he terrible to those who don't. 
Okay, so, and then I have another quote. It says, Would a God who took as much pleasure in evil as he did in good be a good God? John three eighteen through 19 says, Light has come into the world, but men love the darkness instead of light because, of their, because their deeds were evil. The very um, people who stand under God's wrath choose to be under his wrath. They're the people who say, I am my own. Um, but once we humble ourselves, once we come to true repentance, God receives the sinners into mercy. Um, so, going back to the Buddy of the Elf scenario, um, nothing is sweeter than salvation. In this illustration, the spaghetti is the picture of salvation. Um, do not take that literally. Um, and <laughs> it's, it does not need anything added onto it. Um, in order for it to be better or in order for us to somehow keep our salvation, it doesn't need anything added. In Buddy's case, when he added the syrup onto the spaghetti, it ruined the spaghetti, right? In our case, if we add anything to our salvation, works or anything, it does not ruin our salvation. However, it does kind of put a damper on our relationship with Jesus because that is not how he created our relationship with him to be. We are not supposed to just continue live in this worry, worried way, wondering whether or not we were saved and feeling like we have to do things in order to make that up somehow. Um, So by trying to add more and more works to our salvation, we end up putting ourselves to ruin. By thinking we need to work to make salvation sweeter, we put an un unnecessary and ugly pressure on ourselves and strain our relationship with the Lord. So kind of back to my personal story. Um, it was always kind of hard for me to have like a healthy perspective on, okay, what does like, God's love look like, but also with his... like righteous anger like how does that how does that work um it's kind of it can kind of be a slippery slope to lean further one way than another and I um used to believe that every time I sinned that God was just looking down on me with just utter disappointment um and this would just cause this big huge cycle of just guilting and shaming myself over and over and over again um, one of the biggest things that I fell into was just lying to my parents, um, which usually stemmed from other sins that I was involved in that I didn't want them to know about. So I would just lie and lie and lie, and I'd feel so guilty over and over and over again for this. And it was just exhausting. Um, eventually, um, let's see. So... I just kept lying over and over again, and I kept going on the same cycle of repenting every time I lied. Repenting. Um, I would confess my sins and be like, oh, why am I not changing? Why, why is this still the same? You know, like I said before, it was just an, a heart change. Um, I think it's good as a Christian to feel the conviction from the Holy Spirit. That's a good thing. But don't use that to guilt and shame yourself. 
Conviction is from the Holy Spirit. Um, if you are feeling the sense of condemnation like I felt, that's not from the Holy Spirit. Um, there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Um, can't remember the reference to that, but it's in scripture somewhere. <laughs> um, so, um, condemnation is not from God. So if you are feeling like you are guilty and shaming yourself constantly, um, just know that that's not from God. God is just and merciful, and he poured out all of his wrath on the cross, on his son Jesus when he was crucified for our sins, so that he can look down on us with love and mercy. So Psalm 103, 11 through 12 says, For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his steadfast love toward those who fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far does he remove our transgressions from us. So God's forgiveness is absolute. There is nothing that we can do to earn his forgiveness. We are so undeserving of God's forgiveness. Um, my cycle of guilt and shame, it was just a false view of God's love for me. Um, but when I had this perspective change, finally, it just clicked with me, and I was just exhausted. I was exhausted of living like this. It was like every time I sinned, I'd be like, am I saved, you know? And that's, that's no way to live. It's exhausting. God doesn't want you to live like that. Um, but I had a perspective change eventually, and I had a better view of God's unconditional love, which was just so freeing. So Psalm 103, 13 through 16 says, As a father shows compassion to his children, so the Lord shows compassion to those who fear him. For he knows our frame. He remembers that we are dust. As for man, his days are like grass. He flourishes like a flower of the field. For the wind passes over it, and it is gone. And its, and its place knows it no more. So this talks about how God... He knows our frailty. He knows our mortality. He knows the human condition. Yet, he shows compassion on us. What a loving father. Another quote from J.I. Packer. <laughs> um, it says, Our adoption shows us the greatness of God's love. There is no other form of love, great form of love, I think, than just like choosing someone, adopting someone in your family who is so undeserving like us. So God adopts us. He chooses us. He gave himself to us as our heavenly father. We are sons and daughters of Jesus Christ, our king. Psalm 103, 17 through 18 says, the steadfast love of the Lord is from everlasting to everlasting on those who fear him and his righteousness to children's children, to those who keep his covenant and remember to do his commandments. So this just talks about how God's nature, it is eternal. It's everlasting. God's unfailing love outlasts, outlasts the span of human life, which is just so hard to wrap my mind around. Ephesians 1, 4 through 5 says, for he chose us in him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. In love, he predestined us for adoption to sonship through Jesus Christ in accordance with his, uh, with his pleasure and will.
So I want to go into the story of the prodigal son. Um, The prodigal son, he wandered away from his father, but when his son returned home, he received full assurance that his father still loved him. And this is in Luke 15, 11 through 32. When his father saw him returning, he felt compassion. As he was receiving his son, the father threw his arms around him and prepared a joyful celebration to welcome him home. How cool is that? So, what does it mean to have a healthy fear of God? It's not this terrified posture, um, but it's a posture of utter reverence and respect for our Savior. Um, Deuteronomy 7, 8 says, Know therefore that the Lord our God is God, the faithful God who keeps his commandments to a thousand generations. So God keeps his steadfast love for thousands of generations of the faithful. Um, Though our lives as believers seem short and appear almost insignificant, um, we are still able to contribute to the future well-being of mankind um, by our godly and prayerful parenting and grandparenting, which I think is just so cool. All right, time for application. So what was the turning point for me? How did I decide to just finally, just how did I decide that I was finally done with this lifestyle? Well, as I said, I was just exhausted from this. I was so frustrated and exhausted. I used practical ways to help me, help remind myself of the love of God um, by writing verses on sticky notes and just immersing myself in scripture that talk about the forgiveness and loving character of the Lord. I found a mentor to keep me accountable. And this, this was probably the biggest thing for me because I kept all of this stuff, all of the secrecy, all of the sin in. I didn't tell anyone. It was just festering inside of me. Bringing your sin to the light is just, it's so freeing, you guys. I can't even describe it. It was like one of the sins that I was struggling with was no more after like three weeks of just bringing this darkness to the light. It was incredible. I felt this burden, this weight lifted off of me. So find someone you trust. Find, find a godly mentor. Find a community group who can help keep you accountable and pray for you. And then also, I quoted it a lot in this message, The Knowing God Book by J.I. Packer. Us interns read it over the summer, and it impacted my life and my view of Christ so much. It just really helped with my perspective of God even now. Like, yeah, I had that perspective change a little while back, but I'm still growing in this area, you guys. Just because I had this perspective change, it doesn't mean that I'm never tempted to go back down that road and feel like I have to um, add all these things to my salvation and ask the Lord back into my life. It doesn't mean that I'm not tempted to do that sometimes when I mess up 
Um, so after you sin, repent, get back up, stay in the word, continue to grow your relationship with Christ. Find community around you, prayer warriors, help pray for you. It's so freeing. There is no judgment. All right. So I just want to go back to this um, because even though I grew up in a Christian household, um, I don't want anybody who does not have the same story to think that this doesn't apply to you guys or that this will never happen to you guys because I believe that Anyone who's been saved for any number of years can fall down this path, can fall down this dangerous road of legalism, um, no matter how long you've been following Christ. So, speaking of following Christ, I'm going to stick with the um, intern pickup line weekly thing that we've been doing. <laughs> so... Mine for this week is, are you called to follow Christ? Because I think I'm called to follow you. (laughs) Works every time. I know, it's cheesy. Um, (laughs) Had to squeeze that in somewhere, right? Um, All right, so here are some reflection questions for you guys. Um, Who are some older people in your life? who you think you could reach out to for godly advice and accountability? What areas of my life do I just need to give God in order to stop the cycle of guilt and shaming myself? Do I truly believe that Jesus Christ's finished work on the cross was enough and that I don't need to add anything else to that in order to be saved? For those who struggle to believe that God is a loving Father, what is keeping you from believing this truth? What would help you to truly believe that God isn't looking down on you with disappointment? And is there anything you need to let go of? All right. If you guys have any questions, if you want to learn more about my story, if you just want to talk, if you want to get to know me, I'd love to talk to you guys afterwards. I'd love to get to know you guys. Um, If you have any questions about maybe having a relationship with Jesus Christ, forming that relationship, I'd love to talk to you guys. There is no greater joy and pleasure than getting to know our Lord and Savior. All right. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, um, I just want to thank you and praise you just for your unfailing love. Thank you that um, our salvation is not dependent on our works. Thank you that we do not need to earn back salvation at any point in time, Lord. Thank you so much for saving me from this pit that I was in at a young age, Lord. Lord, I just want to pray for anyone in this room who who might feel the same way, God. I just pray that they would just receive what was spoke tonight, Lord. Would you please just take help them to take that to heart, God, and to just have healing in their lives from that lifestyle, from that cycle, Lord. I pray all these things, and it's in your wonderful holy name I pray. Amen.